morning, everyone. I am Karen Belita. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And I serve as the Unitarian Church of Edmonton's President of the Board of Trustees. Welcome to the Unitarian Church of Edmonton's online Zoom service. We are a liberal, multi-generational religious community. We celebrate a rich mosaic of free thinking, spiritually questioning individuals joined in common support and action. We welcome diversity, including diversity of beliefs from divine believers to humanists, from pagans to atheists and agnostics. We believe in the compassion of the human heart, the warmth of community, the pursuit of justice, and the search of meaning in our lives. Whether you've been part of our congregation for decades or this is your first time visiting, we welcome you. Whatever the faith and traditions of your past, we welcome you. Whatever your theological stance, we welcome you. Whatever your heritage, we welcome you. Whoever you are and whoever, whoever you love, we welcome you, the whole of you. We especially welcome any visitors who might be with us today and invite you to join us for conversation in the breakout rooms once the service has ended. We invite you to go to to our website and place your name and contact information in our online guest book, which you can find on the uce.ca website. You will find the link to the guest book at the top of the chat box. We acknowledge that we are on Treaty 6 territory, home of First Nations, Métis, and Inuit people over many centuries. A treaty is an inheritance, a responsibility, and a relationship. We, may we be good neighbors to one another, good stewards to our planet, and good ancestors to all of our children. Good morning. I'm Leanne Washington, and I'm honored to be UCE's interim minister. Our theme for this month is imagination. Almost all types of humor involve a realization of incongruity between a concept and a situation. And imagination plays a big part in spotting incongruity. Imagination and humor are two of the most important elements of human development. The healthiest and happiest people possess both of these traits in abundance. And today is Belly Laugh Day, celebrated annually on January 24th. It fosters awareness of the emotional and physical health benefits of laughing. In his book, Anatomy of an Illness, Dr. Norman Cousins tells us how laughter was instrumental in his recovery from a painful and crippling collagen disease that attacks the connective tissues in the body. Dr. Cousins began with the premise that if negative emotions were detrimental to your health, then positive emotions would improve health. 
So even though he was confined to his bed and barely able to move, he engaged in activities that would amuse him and evoke positive emotions, such as watching old Marx Brothers movies, listening to funny stories. And then as he did this, he discovered that just 10 minutes a day of solid belly laughter brought relief and he was able to sleep without pain. Eventually, he completely overcame his disease. Imagination allows us to conceive of that which is not yet manifest and to consider more than one outcome to any given situation. And today, we are going to be exploring humor. Now, before we do that, I'd like to remind you that either in a ribbon on the bottom of your screen or perhaps a ribbon on the one side or other of your screen, depending on the type of device you're using, you can find emojis, a little, um, a little box that says reactions. And in that box, you have a choice. You can cry. That would be sadness, I think, normally. But today, I think we could, we could interpret that as laughing so hard that you cry. There are hands that clap and some other little uh, icons that you can use throughout today's service to let us know since we can't hear each other's laughter, that you're actually enjoying a story, a meme, a joke, a parody song, that you're laughing. Now imagination, like a seed, is the beginning of deep and abiding connections. Laura Wallace offers us a metaphor for the seed of imagination and its relationship to laughter and to our connection one with another. She says, as frozen earth holds the determined seed, this sacred space holds our weariness, our worry, our laughter, and our celebration. Let us bring seed and soul into the light of thought the warmth of community, and the hope of love. Let us see together, hear together, love together, and laugh together. Now, let us worship. We begin our time together this morning as Unitarian Universalist congregations around the world do by lighting our chalice. As we light our chalice, Gordon Ritchie will read the words of Max A. Coots, now deceased, who was a Unitarian Universalist minister serving the UU Church of Canton, New York for 34 years. He wrote the following. May God 
the mind that sees our faults, the tears that sting our wounds, the laugh that soothes our aches, and the love that redeems us all, be illuminated by the light we kindle in this house of faith. With mics muted, please join in singing our opening song, hymn number 354, We Laugh, We Cry. Thank you. 
important part of our community is sharing the joys and sorrows of our lives. If you have a personally significant joy or sorrow, please type it into the chat window at the bottom of the screen where we will be able to see it. I will read them aloud. Your joys and sorrows will be part of our posted recording of the service. If you would not like to have your joy or sorrow available to the public, then indicate that in the chat with a prefix private, and then your joy or sorrow. You may also send your joy or sorrow to candles at uce.ca. Maureen wishes happy birthday to Sylvia Crow. Susan lights a candle of joy that she's found her way, found a way to trick her super fussy cat into taking her kidney medicine. We wish a swift recovery for your cat. <gasps> Oksana lets us know that she and Mike have gotten engaged. Congratulations. Lynn has a joy. <laughs> Lynn has a joy for family that are friends and friends that are family. Gloria lights a candle of concern and love for her son who's going through a medication change and is having a difficult time with it. We hope that things go smoothly quickly. From Karen, who lights a candle of concern and best wishes for Barbara, who is still having terrible vertigo and exhaustion. Ruth lights a candle because she's glad for the interesting discussion at last Wednesday's Lunch and Learn. We invite many more of you to join us. And Jan lights a candle of joy that the UCE walkers have been meeting weekly and on Friday and are sharing childhood photos and stories. Their connections continue on. Audrey lights a candle of concern for Liz, whose husband continues to deteriorate. And for another Audrey, who has been sending greetings to those in isolation, and she wishes that you will soon be back in circulation among family and friends. 
Sherry is sending healing thoughts to her godmother who's had hip replacement, both hips replaced on Thursday. <laughs> and Sylvia lights a candle of gratitude, thanking everyone for the birthday wishes. And she's temporarily in Victoria, BC, where it's supposed to snow today. Seeing no additional <clears throat> joys or sorrows in the chat, I will now light a candle. For all the unspoken joys and sorrows held within the sanctuary of our hearts, and also for all those who have yet to find a spiritual home where they can share their joys and sorrows. Please enjoy a moment of musical meditation with Vivaldi's Four Seasons Concerto, This is Spring.
Laughter is strong medicine. It brings people together in ways that support healthy physical and emotional states in the body. Laughter strengthens your immune system, boosts your mood, diminishes pain, and protects you from the negative effects of stress. Laughter works quickly and dependably, dependably <laughs> to return your body and mind into a balance. Humor lightens your burdens, inspires hope, connects you to others, and keeps you grounded, focused, and alert. It also helps us release anger and encourage forgiveness. Laughter relaxes the whole body by releasing physical tension. It boosts the immune system by decreasing stress hormones and increasing infection-fighting antibodies. It triggers the release of endorphins, which can temporarily relieve pain. It protects the heart by improving the function of blood vessels and increasing blood flow. It diffuses anger. A Norwegian study has shown that people with a good sense of humor outlive those who don't have a good sense of humor, who are unable to laugh at themselves and their situations. You know, as children, we readily and easily laugh multiple times a day, but as adults, we tend to be more serious and laugh more infrequently. In fact, laughter almost has to be an intentional act as opposed to just something that happens because we're alive and we're experiencing the world and we're connecting with each other. Seeking out opportunities for healthy humor, the kind that's not based on demeaning or debasing someone else, can improve our emotional health strengthen our relationships and help us experience more happiness in our lives. Both laughter and tears are responses that we need in our lives. Both are necessary at different times, but sometimes we really do have a choice between the two. There are times when we could look at a situation and we could just as easily laugh about it as we could cry about it. And in fact, laughing at ourselves in difficult situations can be a healthy coping mechanism. That's what we're going to explore today, how using our imagination to connect with the following memes, stories, and parodies can help us cope with our current shared circumstances. The most prevalent of which is having to wear a mask. Now, I'm going to be reading some of these uh, memes that you'll be seeing for the benefit of those who have called in and aren't able to just read them for themselves. Now, clothes have long been a means of making a statement. Over time, the message can change. For instance, once wearing holy dungarees meant that you were impoverished and couldn't afford a pair without holes and that you didn't care enough to patch them. Now, jeans are sold with the knees practically cut out and the more worn the cloth, the more expensive the pair. The cooler the pair, the more desirable they are. Well, 
we have a new fashion accessory now, the mask. And it turns out that wearing a mask tells us a lot about each other. For instance, if you have an N95 mask, you're a health professional. If you've got a full mask and you're wearing a suit, you're semi-professional. If you're wearing a scarf around your face, well, you're thrifty. If you have <laughs> a decorative mask with all kinds of um, uh, patterns on it, then you're thrifty with a needle. If you've got a bandana around you and you're wearing some a mask over your eyes, well, then maybe you're a bank robber. And if you're wearing underwear upside down over your head, well, you shouldn't be allowed out of the house. <laughs> Sometimes the mask's import and meaning now is 180 degrees from what it was pre-COVID. Consider this person's conundrum. Never in my wildest dreams did I imagine I'd go up to a bank teller with a mask on asking for money. Simple everyday tasks now have greater significance in our lives. For instance, going to the grocery store has become a social occasion as well as a necessity. It's one of the few places where we're free to share space with other people and even to speak to them. But going in a mask can be fraught with unexpected surprises if we aren't being alert. One man tells us, wife and I went to the store with our mask on, got home, took off mask, and brought home the wrong wife. Pay attention, people. Another warns us, do not let them take the temperature on your forehead as you enter the supermarket because it erases your memory. I went for macaroni and cheese and came home with two cases of beer. And then there's some of us old enough to make this particular meme make sense. Someone says, at the store, there was a big X by the register for me to stand on. I've seen too many Roadrunner cartoons to fall for that. <clears throat> and then you have to really, really be careful that you follow the rules. There are two women in jail. The younger one asked the older one, why are you in here? To which the elder woman replies, I was caught walking in the wrong direction down the grocery aisle. And heaven forbid, when you go out of your home, do not forget your mask. One person having made it up a very tall mountain to a restaurant and oversight, is asked, got your mask? And the reply, damn it. Despite all the inconveniences of mask wearing, there was one holiday this past year that transformed the requirement into a celebration. 
one holiday that didn't need to be significantly redesigned, Halloween. As always, the children loved Halloween, but some adults were still resisting the requirement to wear a mask, as explained in the following COVID mask monster mash. Calling all cars, calling all cars. Man trying to enter an office building on 4th and Main with no mask. Repeat, no mask. I walked into my job late last week when my co-workers all began to freak. They started cursing and began to shout and said quite rudely as the boss threw me out. You need a mask. I need a COVID mask. A COVID mask. It seemed a lot to ask. You wear a mask. To do a simple task, Put on a mask. I need a COVID mask. Made it mandatory almost every place that we can't be seen unless we hide our face. I can't even leave my humble abode without something covering my mouth and nose. We need a mask. We need a COVID mask. A COVID mask. It seems a lot to ask. To wear a mask. Can't even mow my grass without a mask. Without a COVID mask, this mask wearing isn't fun, and the snitching has now begun. My neighbor called the hotline, cause my dog wasn't wearing one. Walking through the mall, a woman's voice did ring. Seems she was troubled by just one thing. She pointed to the door, shook her fist, and said, What are you trying to do, you jerk? Make everybody sick? Forgot his mask. Forgot my COVID mask. COVID mask. Nobody gets a pass. That stupid mask. Can't even pump my gas. Without a mask. Without a COVID mask. I'm home. What do you want? I need to come in and get my mask. Show my daddy in the house, Mommy. He's still wearing his mask. No mask, no entry. Sorry. But, honey. You should have taken it with you. You're not getting in this house. I changed the lock. Well, we went from having to wear masks everywhere we went to not being able to go out except for certain circumscribed reasons. Working from home became mandatory and we found ourselves spending many more hours at home with our immediate family and pets. With all the time that we've spent at home with our pets, we've gotten closer to them, gotten to know them a little better and learned a few things about the way they see the world. I bet you didn't know that. Cats can memorize up to 120 commands, but they don't want to. As illustrated by this poster showing a cat's response to some basic animal commands. And all the while the cat stays still standing, despite the command sit, lie down, fetch, shake, roll over, and when asked to stay, well, Apparently, the cat has disappeared. Now, these two dogs have figured it all out. One dog asks, why are all the humans wearing muzzles? And the other dog replies, 
because they didn't learn to sit and stay. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Our animals like ourselves have had to adopt to the demands of COVID-19 restrictions. This cat wearing a paper mask must be on its ninth life. And this poor dog who's walking with his own leash in his mouth is a result of when you realize that no one is coming, you're an adult and have to motiva motivate yourself to move forward. Bless his heart. And like us, they have found having their humans around 24 seven a bit unbearable. Unlike us, however, they cannot use their words. In this meme, a gentleman is lying on the floor while three of his dogs are lying on the sofa. And it says the training process was tedious, but now he knows he's not allowed on the couch. And one family reports to us that it was on day four of the lockdown when Fluffy decided there'd been enough family time and has reached down from an upper cabinet to pull a knife out of the knife block. How do we tell them? How do we make them understand that this strange situation we find ourselves in won't last forever? If only they could hear and understand that though the quarantine is not quite over, it will eventually be over. day is more like a creepy dream from a movie scene all day at home with my family can't see anyone put on pants get a nail turn around maybe go on a run see a friend dive away on the ground I never shower in quarantine, it's bad hygiene, and now I've taken up gardening, who have I become? Put on pants, get the mail, turn around. The people getting restless, and now just on the news, they've canceled all the rest of school. Nothing left to do, but we gotta make it through. Hey, the quarantine is not quite over. What if I can't go out and see everyone until 2021? I can't see anyone until 2021. For 40 days and for 40 nights We've been in this room And we can't stand the same meal plan Chicken again On the edge, on the verge Breaking down, yeah We've given up most nights And just microwave these bagel bites Bagel bites! Bagel bites. We used to be better parents so Two months ago 
they show us homework and we would help, we would try hard. Now we give up and go watch Die Hard. Everybody tells me, be careful what you do. Don't go around breaking all the rules. Hey, and I know that it's important, and we gotta stay at home. But I'm feeling so alone. I'm like a dog without a bone. Hey, the quarantine is not quite over. When can I go back out and see everyone? Will it be 2021? Even though we know that these COVID-19 restrictions won't last forever, we find ourselves affected in ways that we worry might persist even after the restrictions are lifted. The way we work has changed. Our appearances have changed. Our vocabulary has changed. We now know that Corona Coaster is a noun which means the ups and downs of a pandemic. One day you're loving your bubble, doing workouts, baking banana bread and going for long walks. And the next you're crying, drinking gin for breakfast and missing people you don't even like. Our daily routines have changed. The way we clean house has changed. I needed to do the laundry, but then I realized I was out of detergent. So I went to write a shopping list and realized how unorganized the junk drawer was and started checking pens for ink. When I went to toss all the junk, I saw that the trash was full, but before I took it out, I wanted to get rid of old food in the fridge. That's when I realized a juice jug had leaked, so I needed to clean it up. But when I went to grab a rag, I saw that the pantry closet was a nightmare, so I started organizing it. And that's how I ended up on the floor looking at my old photo albums from the 1990s and not doing any laundry. And of course, our level of motivation has changed. For some of us who have adopted COVID pets, the object, objects of our affection have changed. Here's one text sent around by a new puppy mom. This is Buddy. I bought him as a surprise present for my husband, but it turns out he's allergic to dogs. So unfortunately, I'm gonna have to find him a new home. And I'm wondering what, if anyone out there can help. His name is Alan, he's 61, great at do-it-yourself, drives a nice car and plans wonderful holidays. And though we long for the restrictions to be loosened a bit, when they are, other significant challenges arise. So when they say we can have gatherings with up to eight people without issues, I have a problem. I don't even know eight people without issues. But there is an upside to all this time alone to think. We have identified the best COVID-19 sport, 
That would be fencing because you wear masks, you wear gloves, and if anyone gets closer than six feet to you, you stab them. And we figured out the best way to solve the COVID-19 vaccination distribution challenge. When we go into another lockdown, just train all the Amazon delivery drivers to give the vaccine. Entire population immunized by Saturday, Wednesday, if you've got Prime. But perhaps the biggest challenge facing us all is simply keeping track of time. I have no concept of time. Is it May or October? I took the trash cans out at nine. The trash doesn't come for five more days. But the collection, it was over. It's morning. No, we missed it last week. No! She said TGIF because she thought that it was Friday. But there are still two days left And Wednesday is a dry day This new life It's confusing our brain Our kids missed their online classes again I've got a FaceTime It's yesterday at five What day it is I thought it was Thursday yeah. I want to know what day it is Cause they're all getting Cause Taco Tuesday is a better day So imagine mommy's shock When we told her it was Saturday We all dressed up really nice For family pics on Easter Sunday disappointed Jesus Christ because we missed it and it's Monday it's my life I don't know the day or the hour I don't know but when I last took a shower I just worked a full day but my boss didn't call
It is disconcerting to not know what day it is. And yet, many of us have enjoyed the unstructured days that lead to such uncertainty by taking long walks outside to kind of balance out all the time stuck inside. For most of us, these long walks are a good thing. They lead to better health and lung function, weight maintenance and even loss, and an improved mood but not for an atheist friend of mine who took a walk through the woods admiring all that the accident of evolution had created. Oh, what majestic trees, what powerful rivers, what beautiful animals. As she walked alongside the river, she heard a rustling in the bushes behind her. She turned to look. She saw a seven-foot grizzly charged toward her. She ran as fast as she could up the path. She looked over her shoulder and saw that the bear was closing in on her. She looked over her shoulder again, and the bear was even closer. Her heart was pumping frantically as she tried to run even faster. She tripped and fell on the ground. She rolled over to pick herself up and saw that the bear was right on top of her, reaching for her with his right left paw and raising his right paw to strike her. At that instant, the atheist cried out. Oh my God. Time stopped. The bear froze. The forest was silent. As a bright light shone around the woman, a voice came out of the sky. You deny my existence for all of these years. Teach others I don't exist and even credit creation to a cosmic accident. Do you expect me to help you out of this predicament? Am I to count you as a believer? The atheist looked directly into the light. It would be hypocritical of me to suddenly ask you to treat me as a Christian now, but perhaps you could make the bear a Christian? Ah, very well. The light went out and the sounds of the forest resumed. And then the bear dropped his right paw and brought both paws together and bound his, bowed his head and spoke, Lord, for this food which I'm about to receive, I am truly thankful. And so this bear Let's us know that white, black, man, woman, straight, gay, Catholic, Muslim, American, Mexican, all tastes like chicken. <laughs> Unlike our bear friend, we show our gratitude for the blessings being a part of being a part of this beloved community. 
by sharing our abundance. Generosity is a spiritual practice, one that enlarges the heart and lightens the spirit. For no matter how much or how little we have in the sharing of it, both the one who gives and the one who receives are blessed. We are a self-governing and self-supporting community. We, re we rely on your donations to support our staff and offer our programs. Now more than ever, we need your financial support. Please visit our website at uce.ca to find the donation method that best suits you. For the month of January, we also encourage you to support Change for Children. Please visit their website for more information about them. With mics muted, please join in singing from You I Receive, hymn number 402. together to a close, I'd like to recognize and thank those who have made this time together possible. Our host and greeter, Jeff Bizance, our slide creator and slide runner, Andrew Mills, our readers, Karen Belita and Gordon Ritchie, our breakout room, Lynn Turvey, our backup person, Karen Belita, and our service recorder, Ruth Marriott. It takes a bit of imagination to see the humor in situations that make us uncomfortable. Today, we have explored the healing energy that healthy laughter can create. I hope that something you heard or saw today brought you a chuckle, and that maybe, just maybe, you will share it with someone else you know and for whom you care. As we part, I leave you with an old Irish blessing. May love and laughter light your days and warm your heart and home. May good and faithful friends be yours, wherever you may roam. May peace and plenty bless your world with joy that long endures. May all life's passing seasons bring the best to you and yours. We close our service by extinguishing the chalice. As we extinguish this chalice, let us take with us the memory of this time we've shared of reflection, joy, sorrow, friendship, and laughter. Much, much laughter. May the memory warm our hearts and strengthen our resolves to reach out to each other and make a virtual connection until we see each other again. With mics muted, please join in singing our closing song, Carry the Flame. our worship service this morning. As everyone knows, Unitarians love their coffee and after-service discussions. In fact, 
before COVID-19 hit, I was in a group of people attending a multi-faith conference where we were waiting a long time on the 10th floor for an elevator. To break the monotony and silence, one of my Unitarian friends suggested we play a little game. Let's see if we can expl explain our faith in time in the time it takes the elevator to go from here to the first floor. Although we would have to travel up and down several times, we agreed. On the trip down from the 10th to the first floor, the Roman Catholic among us volunteered to go first, and he began reciting something with which many of us are familiar, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And just as he was finishing, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. The doors opened onto the lobby. Next, my Universalist friend pushed the button for the 10th floor and proceeded to say, We Universalists believe in the essential goodness of humanity and of God. We believe that God loves all creatures and intends our well-being and happiness in this world and the next. We believe in a God who rewards and does not punish. The Universalist was finished well before the elevator reached the 10th floor. Next, it was the Hindu delegate's turn. Pressing the lobby button, he began. We Hindus believe in the great wheel of life. All is a cycle, and what has been will be again. It is for us to understand our place in this turning, to do what falls to us to do, to celebrate our place in the scheme of existence. Like the Universalist, he was finishing long before the elevator reached its destination. Now, it fell to the Zen Buddhist among us to push the button for the 10th floor. All of us waited eagerly for him to begin. <laughs> but there was only silence as the car traveled to the 10th floor. When the doors opened, we asked, why didn't you say anything about your belief? In saying nothing, I said all that there is to say. <laughs> we all scratched our heads, then looked to my Unitarian friend, the last to take a turn. The elevator doors closed and she reached out to push the button. We were surprised when she pushed two. Why did you do that, we asked. Because there's a great little coffee shop on the second floor where we can really kick back and really discuss this. So now's the time to take a short comfort break and get a cup of coffee so that we can really discuss this. Before you go, though, I want to make sure you know that we've canceled the teas with Reverend Leanne and the interim transition team. I and the interim transition team will be discussing other ways for us to connect. Every week you are invited to join the Tuesday and Thursday Lunch Bunch from 12 to 2 and the Wednesday Lunch and Learn with me from 12 to 2 as well. There are therefore a few opportunities to connect with each other which are not being used, so please use them. 
Now, feel free to take a short comfort break or watch our weekly announcements as they slide by. In about three minutes or so, you'll be randomly placed into breakout rooms for coffee and a chat. I will remain in the main room for general conversation and to answer any questions or receive any comments you may have about today's service. You are free to, to decline being placed in a breakout room or you can go to your assigned breakout room and then return to the main room when you're ready. I'll stay in the main room for about half an hour.